Riverbank, we believe you can heal, grow, and fulfill God's plans for your life as the power of God touches you through this prophetic teaching by Pastor Dominion. Get excited and hop into it. Say loud, amen. amen. All right. This morning, we're looking at something we've titled The Transforming Power of Prayer. Say the transforming power of prayer. One more time, the transforming power of prayer. I've said this multiple times, and I think it's important for me to say it again. There are four reasons why every believer should pray. How many reasons? The first one is to fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. It's a prayer of worship. The second one hmm, is for access to divine secrets. Access to divine secrets. Listen, it's an abnormality to have direct access to God and be confused in life. It's an abnormality. It's how today <laughs> it would be absurd to see someone that has Google Map getting lost. It's even worse. Please pay attention. It's even worse if where he's trying to get to, that direction is clear and accurate on the Google Map. Today we see believers meandering through life without direction, without precision, without confidence. As if we do not have an all-knowing God. As if when they say God is all-knowing, as if they lie to us. What are the steps to get to where you are going to in life? You don't know. What should you do to get the answer you are looking for? You don't know. What's the answer to the challenge you are facing currently? You don't know. There's such a thing as access to divine secrets. There's a time in the Bible where Saul, Saul's father has had animals, donkeys. And then one was lost. And then they say, let's go and meet the prophet. He will tell us where that donkey is. They had meandered through life. They had tried different things. They just couldn't rack their head around where it could be. From all their knowledge about how these donkeys move around, they couldn't just figure out where this particular one went to. But there was something they knew that God knew and his prophet could tell them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God knew and his spirit could reveal it. Why are you confused in life? Why exactly are you confused? Access to divine secrets. How can a believer be confused? How is that even possible? We just don't pray. 
or we don't know how to pray. The good thing about what I'm saying is this. If you do what you are, you'll be taught today, you will not be confused again. Because the Bible is clear on how to get these things. I'm teaching you the transforming power of prayer. Where you move from a confused believer to someone that has direction. You know what God will have you do. You know how to do what God will have you, what he wants you to do. The first one is fellowship with God. The second one is access to divine secrets. The third one is edification. Not a very popular word today. Because you don't randomly use the word edification when you're gisting with your friends. Edification. Listen, it's one of the marks of a believer that your heart is warmed up. That your affection towards God is aroused. There's an excitement about God. It's one of the reasons we pray. Listen, what many people try to do and cook up mechanically is a product of prayer. When you don't love God as much as you should, and you don't hate iniquity as much as you should, it's a, re it's, it's a result of prayerlessness. Prayer, prayer would warm up your hearts. Listen, I'm spelling these things out because it's possible to think that you're a prayerful person and not be. They are, they are markers of a prayerful person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we convince ourselves that we are prayerful, that we are trying. And I get it, you are putting in effort. But you see, eh, when they say someone is a prayerful person, there are things you see. Excitement about God. What does it mean? It means that if you are no more excited about God, you are no more excited about Bible study, you are no more sad when iniquity prevails in your day, you need to get back to prayer. If wrong habits have ravaged your life, you need to get back into prayer. If you cannot stop yourself from doing the things you don't want to do, you need to get back to prayer. Because the promise is this. It is him that is at work in you. Both to will and to do. Transformation. It changes who you are. The final one is to get answers and to get results. To get answers and to get results. You know the interesting thing? That's the only one that many believers <laughs> know. However, they still don't get answers. Listen, listen. We don't just pray for prayer's sake or for praying's sake. Are you hear what I'm saying? You pray and there should be impacts. You pray and there should be what? Impact. You pray and there should be what? Let's address the contradictions we have in our prayer lives. Why am I praying and I'm not getting results? Why am I praying and there are no answers? That's what we're here to do today. The transforming power of prayer. Last week I said transformation in the Greek is metaphor and it means to change 
one form, to change from one form to the other. To do what? You must change from one form. Meaning, prayer changes you from one form to the other form. And many people do not realize this. You don't just pray for praying sake. There's the transforming power of prayer. That someone is in a way. And after prayers, the person will change from that person to another man. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. Hmm? If you are praying and you are not changing, you need this same more than you think you do. Because sometimes we just pray so that prayer has impacts. Are you hear what I'm saying? It has impacts. In our day, it's known as glow up. When you look at, there was a time they were doing the 10-year challenge. How did you look 10 years ago? And how do you look now? And it's, an, it's, it's a glow up. Have you seen Ruth's 10 years ago picture? Such a cute. <laughs> glow up. So, here's the question. All the prayers you've prayed this year, have you glowed up? Can we see transformation? Can we see a difference between who you used to be and who you are now? You see, because we can deceive ourselves that we are praying. And I get it, you are putting in your best. But you see, prayer must have impact. You must grow up. We must see that there is a difference between who you used to be. And who you are now. So, let's give examples. Let's say you were a miracle seeker. You're looking for miracles everywhere. Prayer can transform you from being a miracle seeker to being a miracle worker. It can. And it should. It should. It should. It should. Prayer changes you. Are you know what I'm saying? Prayer changes you. It changes you from being a sick person needing healing to being a healer dispensing healing. Listen, eh, let me tell you something. If you know how to pray, there are some things that will just be your testimony. You might not need to learn how to heal the sick. Just because you are prayerful. For example, you might not need to necessarily learn how to be led by God's spirit. If you are a prayerful person, you will know when God is leading you. You will know. Acts chapter 10. The Lord gave Peter, Apostle Peter a vision. He didn't know it was God. He didn't even believe the message. It was contrary to his doctrinal persuasion. But he was praying and he was fasting. And God opened a new pathway for him. One that his theology had not, caught up with, had not caught up with yet. I'm saying God can take you beyond the poor view of your doctrinal persuasion. Beyond the limits of your intellect. He can lead you to make decisions that are beyond what you can think of. 
sometimes we have visions that are limited by our experiences, our background, the economy, the news. But when you are a person of prayer, you expand your vision to where he wants you to be. To where he wants it to be. That's transformation. So my question to you is this. This is your vision for next year. This is your plans for next year. Where they birth from the engine room of prayer. The furnace of prayer. Or it's just what you believe if things work out well. <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. Let God open your eyes to see. Let him open your eyes. Put away all these plans you have eh, and go and pray. If you have not prayed, you are wrong. Let me tell you something. If you have not prayed, the plans you've made are wrong. Go and pray. <laughs> go and pray. Listen, when God speaks, you will know he spoke. Because when God speaks, he speaks from his own level. And only someone that has transformed from where he is to where God wants him to be. That's the only person that can believe that kind of, you know, nonsense, quote unquote, vision. Because when God sends you, eh, people will say, this guy is mad. You, you don't, it's impossible. Yeah, with men. <laughs> but not with the transformed man. Who did God send in the Bible that was not scared? So this is your vision now that you have. This is your plans now. I'm teaching you on the transforming power of prayer. That it can change you from an ordinary man to a supernatural man. It can. It can. And if that's not who you are, you are wrong. Because you are not at the center of God's will for your life. You are not. And if you are not at the center of God's will for your life, you might be kicking against God's plans. You might be fighting against God's agenda. I hear what I'm saying. You might. Look at the vision again in Acts chapter 10. Jesus sent Peter to go and meet the Gentiles and preach to them. On his own, he will not go. He would fight that vision. In fact, the religious sect among the believers in those days fought him. They fought him. So maybe you are currently fighting God's agenda as he stands. We said a man of spiritual fire knows what God will have him do. And if you don't know what God will have you do, you might just be playing by the devil's rules, playing the devil's games. There's no neutral side of, to the coin. Do you get what I'm saying? There's no neutral side. So the call for prayer is an urgent call. It's urgent. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. It transforms you from a frustrated business guy or lady to one with wealth and influence. It transforms you. <laughs> it transforms you. From a defeated believer 
assaulted by witchcraft and demoniacal forces to a reference of power and authority. Ah. Because demon spirits can be running things that you will not know. And if you don't know, you are in trouble. Because, guess what? All the demons have not gone. So how is it? In fact, the Bible says about the devil, he's going about. He's apparently busy. So if you don't discern his activities, look at the ministry of Jesus. Always discerning the activities of the devil. Whether in the sick or in the conversation with Peter. Huh. Or in his temptation. So this one that all through this year, you didn't catch the, the devil in his games. He has got you where he wants. A man of spiritual fire has sight. He sees in the spirit and he knows things in the spirit. He knows. He knows the games that the devil is playing. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Simple stuff that someone did to annoy you. You can know if this is the attack of the enemy to destroy everything that God is trying to do in your life. Please be sensitive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be sensitive. I'm teaching you on the transform, transforming power of prayer. It transforms you from a powerless and resultless believer to a powerful and a fruitful believer. There are two important factors for transformational prayer. Two factors. Two factors. Let me tell you something. If you've been praying and you're not getting any answers and nothing is working, what you need to do is to do something I call switch to spirit intercession. What's it called? Yeah. You're praying. You pray about your finances, nothing. Pray about your health, nothing. Pray about your family, nothing. Pray about your business, nothing. Pray about your career, nothing. Okay. What you do is you switch to spirit intercession. Many of us do not realize this. You don't, we, we don't realize it. Listen, I'm helping you. So all the prayer points you've been praying and nothing has been working. What you were meant to do as someone that is spiritually intelligent is switch to spirit intercession. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans 8.26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmity. He says, For we know not what we should pray as we ought. Did you hear what I just read? Oh, I thought I should pray for open doors in my finances. I thought I should pray for this sickness to go. He says, we know, he says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. 
and he explains what it is. Because we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. I like what 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says. I was praying weeks ago and the Lord laid this scripture in my spirit. He said, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. He says, then I would hear them from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. And it, 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 it shocked me when he said it. Because I'm thinking that it takes humility to pray. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humble yourself and pray. God is bigger than us. Why do I need to humble myself before I pray? Because it's only natural to humble yourself in, in the presence of someone that is superior to you. But it's teaching you about prayer. Because it's possible to think you know what you want to pray about. What you ought to pray about. But he says, the spirit helps our infirmities, infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. So, can you just humble yourself and agree? I thought I knew the things I needed to pray about. I thought I knew what I needed to pray about. But then God is telling me, I don't know as I ought to. So what should I do? Because I've been praying about this thing. It hasn't changed. And prayer is powerful. Normally it should produce results. But if I knew what to do, the result will have occurred. But I don't know. I don't know. So what do you do? He says, but the Spirit helps our, makes intercession for us. Spirit intercession. With groanings which cannot be uttered. So I get it. You have things you need to pray about. Maybe you think you've not even prayed about them enough. That's why they've not changed. Don't forget they were praying about those things before you came on the scene. He says you don't know what you ought to pray for as you ought. You don't know. You don't know. I want to tell you that you don't know. We all don't know. So what do you do? You switch to spirit intercession. God realized that you did not know what you should pray for as you ought. So he gave you a prayer language. He says the spirit makes intercession for us. That's what I want you to do. Leave the subject matter, begin to pray in tongues. Begin to pray in tongues. I know you want God to do this. You want God to do this. Concerning your health, you want God to change this situation. Concerning your family, you want God to change this situation. Concerning your finances, you want God to change this situation. He said, you don't know. He says, I'm looking from the vistas of the Spirit. And I realize you are missing the point. So let me help you pray as you should. 1 Corinthians 14, 17. It says, talking about tongues. For thou verily give thanks well. He says, when you pray in tongues, you do it well. The word means as you ought to do it. As though God was the one doing it. It's perfect. I hear what I'm saying. So if you pray in tongues, you are praying in a perfect way. You, listen, you can't hit it better than that. Spirit intercession. Spirit intercession. Let the Spirit make intercession on your behalf.
Please humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. God, prosper this thing. Prosper this venture. Open this door. Hold on. Humble yourself. Accept that you don't know what you are saying. You don't know as you ought to. But God has said in his word that this is what I should do. And so I'm praying in line with his word. He knows. But he said, you don't know as you ought to. There are aspects of these things here. Let me do it for you. <laughs> Let me do it for you. I wish we would take this thing because it's so powerful. It says you're praying as you ought to. You're praying the will of God. So that's the first factor in transformational prayer. The second one is give prayer time. What I say it is? Give prayer time. This is one important but neglected factor. Because let's go back to what we said about growing up. It took time, 10 years. Did you get what I'm saying? 10 years, every day, tweaking a little, changing a little. And then now we see where you are. So it takes time. It actually does take time. Prayer has a compounding effect. Yeah, it has a compounding effect. It has a compounding effect. And I'm going to come back to that. So how would you move from being someone that is seeking miracles? God, would you give me this testimony? Would you open doors of financial opportunity for me? Would you, you know, heal my body, heal my friend, heal my loved ones to being a miracle worker? Maybe you start praying. Usually, this is what the trajectory looks like. Someone is praying, 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 praying. Then they get a healing. Or they get a miracle open door. Then, that's where some people stop praying. But then you keep praying. Then you keep it from the devil stealing it. Then you keep praying. Then you're at a point where <laughs> the devil knows he can do nothing about it. So let's say a woman is looking for a child. Pray, 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 pray. The family prays. After a while, there's a miracle. But we are not intelligent enough to know that you shouldn't stop praying. So some of them, the devil now steals the miracle. That's what has happened to some of us. You prayed. God opened destiny up. You stopped praying. You thought it was the person. The devil is like, ah, I can't see any hedge of protection. What happened? <laughs> And then the devil steals it. So, you pray, you get a miracle, you pray, then the devil cannot break through the wall of protection and steal it. You keep praying to a point where the devil now, he, 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 doesn't, he can't even come close. When Jesus crossed over to the other side, the Bible says, a man that was terribly possessed of demons began to react. Is it that one that will now, you know, attack him? See, have you come? The man was tormented. So you can pray until your presence torments the devil. Is it him that will now torment you? You are not praying. This time, you are not deliberately praying to torment him again. Your very presence is torment. So at that point, your business is insured. <laughs> it's insured. Your testimony is insured. 
There's nothing the devil can do. Then at that point, you now start seeing some people that are struggling where you used to be. You're already insured. The devil can't touch you. So you probably pick up their own and start praying on your own. And then they say, guess what? I've taken him. The testimony is apparent. But you've learned by experience that you shouldn't stop praying. They don't know. They're going about telling everybody. But you keep praying. Then the testimony comes to its fusion, its full term. Then you keep praying. Then the devil can't steal it again. You keep praying until they two are insured. At that point, you're a miracle worker. It took time. It took time. That's what I'm saying. Give prayer time. Give prayer time. Give prayer time. You're not giving enough time to this prayer thing. You're not. Matthew 26, 40. Matthew, thank you Lord, 26, verse 40. And then verse 42 to 44. Matthew 26, 40. 42 to 44. Then he, Jesus, came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And said, Peter, and said to Peter, what? Couldn't you watch with me for an hour? Time. Are you hear what I'm saying? In this generation where people think that, uh -uh, why do I need to pray long? Has God not heard me? What's the essence of praying long? Jesus asked somebody, couldn't you stay and watch with me? Pray with me for one hour. So, maybe it's not just about God hearing you alone. Jesus, Jesus wanted Peter to give time. Time. He did. He did. So, I get it. You probably don't understand why you should be praying one thing for one hour. But guess what? There's biblical precedence for it. Are you hearing me? There's biblical premise for staying on one prayer point for your whole hour. And it's even worse. Verse 42. Again, the second time he came, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it is your will, let this call pass over me. Next verse, 43. And he came and found them sleeping again, for their eyes were heavy. Verse 44. So he, went, he left them and went away, and the third time praying, saying the same thing. He prayed for three hours. Many Bible theologians would agree. For three hours, one prayer point. One. Imagine it was you. You have, uh, uh, you, you've prayed for the world already. You've finished your own problems, your family problem, your city problem, your national problem for the globe. You are now praying for generations to come. In three hours, Jesus was praying one prayer point. Give prayer time. Some people claim that Jesus had answers to prayers because he was the son of God. He came down from heaven. He is God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The man spent three hours on one prayer point. At least try that one. I hear what I'm saying. Before you conclude that his result was because he, is the man, he came from heaven to earth, realize that the man spent three hours on a prayer point. In what is known as this microwave generation, fast-paced generation, please give prayer time. 
Are you hear what I'm saying? Prayer doesn't have technological advancements. There are no snippets to prayer. Are you hear what I'm saying? You can't fast track your prayer. Prayer takes time. I'm saying, I'm not saying that you only pray for three hours. I'm saying he was on one prayer point. He was on one subject for three hours. Scratch that. Do you get what I'm saying? So, listen, I'm explaining clearly to you why you might not be getting the results. Because you are not giving prayer time. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not giving it the time. You are not giving it the time. You think you are, but you are not. And here's how you know that you've given time to prayer. You see, it's not necessarily as much about the time you spent. Oh, I used to pray five minutes on it, about the subject. Now I pray two hours. That's not enough. Oh. It's when you have been changed from one form to the other. That's when you've prayed. I'm teaching you on the transforming power of prayer. When you've changed from one form to the other, that's when you've prayed. That's when you've prayed. So if you have not changed, you have not prayed. You know the reason why? Because situations respond to who you are, not what you've been saying. <laughs> they don't respond to what you've been saying. They respond to who you've become. Mm. They respond to who you've become. So let me give you an example. Mark chapter 9, verse 25 to 27. Mark 9, 25-27. Very interesting story. We're going to do a bit of commentary on this one. When Jesus saw that the people came running towards him, he rebuked the unclean spirits. Now, this is an instance where the disciples prayed and did not get results. Jesus prayed and he got results. And I'm saying it's because of who you are, not what you said. So he rebuked the unclean spirits. Saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. You see, he insured the guy. Do you see that one? He insured him. Because he's a miracle worker. Verse 26 of Mark chapter 9. Then the spirit cried out. Oh, I want you to pay attention to this. Are you here? I want you to pay attention to this. Then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him. He says, and he became as one that is dead, so that many people said he is dead. He's dead. But Jesus, I told you the situation responds to who you are. But Jesus took him by his hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Look at the complexity of this situation. First of all, the disciples didn't even get any result at all. At all. Then when Jesus prayed, the guy started convulsing. Then he fell and then people are like, he's dead. But then Jesus, I mean, as who he is, you can't just die when I'm there. <laughs> you cannot. He said he's not. You have to think about how this works practically. If it was you, what would you have done? Everybody, he's dead. He's dead. The boy's dead. 
killed him. What would you have done? You would have responded like Jesus. Maybe not. But the man was sure. That he knew. Uh, he's not dead. Have you seen when Jesus will go and raise the dead and you say the person is sleeping? And they will be laughing. Because it's to you that this case is terminal. To me, come on, wake up. So, look at. Because I want us to look at what this thing looks like. The disciples had cast out demons before this time. Right? And Mark chapter 16, verse 17 had said, In my name, you will cast out devils. I hear what I'm saying? He had said, In my name, you will cast out devils. So, normally, right? In his name, they should cast out the devil. Why didn't he walk? And they asked him, thank, thank God they asked him. Look at this. Mark 9, where we are, verse 17 to 19. Then one of the crowd answered, sorry, one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit. Verse 18. And wherever he seizes him, he throws him down, and he foams from his mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they could not cast him out. Verse 19, and Jesus answered and said, O faithless generation, he talks about who they are. Are you hear what I'm saying? Because the situation responds to who you are. So Jesus saw a bunch of faithless people. Are you hear what I'm saying? His diagnosis was, you guys are faithless. There's a problem with you. I know that many times we think that the answer, the unanswered prayer was because God did not, maybe God did not want it or something, whatever you, you, you choose. Uh -uh. He says, you. Because if you were a man of faith, the situation would have responded to you. So maybe you should scratch all the reasons that you think are the reasons why you've not gotten what you've been asking for and realize that the prayer needs to transform you. And once you are transformed, the situation will respond to you. It will. Because the story we heard about the, you know, the, the, the guy that had legions of demons, he said, the Bible said the guy was a vicious guy. Nobody could go through the path where he was, where they were. But then Jesus appears. And then the demons are reacting. And they are begging. I'm teaching you on the transforming power of prayer. That prayer can change you from someone that used to be scared. To someone that is as bold as lion. From someone that used to be scared to someone that the situation is scared of. From someone that needs a miracle to a miracle worker. Give prayer time. Time. Matthew 17, verse 19 to 21. The conversation continues. Jesus has said they were faithless. That's why they didn't get it. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. So, on his own, he said it's because you guys are faithless. When they asked him, 
He said, because of your unbelief. There's something about you that needs to change. And I want you to know this when you go further in reading this text. Because when you now hear, this kind goeth not out except by prayer and fasting, there's a tendency to think that he's saying the demon. He never said they couldn't do it because the demon was powerful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He never said that you couldn't defeat the witchcraft in your family because he was powerful. He never said you couldn't get the funding for your business because the amount is enormous. He never said you couldn't reach out and evangelize your city because you are a teenager, because you are a young adult, because you are one person. Last week we talked about how only Elijah and 400 against 400 prophets of Baal and it was enough. The transforming power of prayer. He said, because of your own belief, there's something about you that can't take it. You can wish for it. You can hope for it. You can even pray for it. But you can't believe for it. You are not confident that you have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't say you didn't get your answer. He didn't say you cannot heal the sick because it's cancer. The two times he talked about why they couldn't do it, he said because of who you are. So when he says this kind goeth not out, he's talking about the state where you are. If you are going to move from this state to someone that will be able to produce the result, you must pray and fast. Let me show you something. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. When he came back, what happened? They didn't say the demons became weaker. The Bible says, Luke 4.14, Then Jesus returned in the power of the spirits. I hear what I'm saying. So he changed. He returned in the spirit's ability. What the spirit of God could do, he could do. He returned with the ability that is consistent with the spirit of God. So, when he prayed and fasted, he didn't say the demons became weaker. He was the one that transformed. Listen, all this praying and fasting for praying and fasting's sake, let it stop. Pray and change. Are you hear what I'm saying? Pray and change. We live in a generation that you say, I want to take three days retreats. Who told you that three days is the one that you need? Tell me, who exactly told you that by three days you are done? That you've transformed to who you need to be? I said, give prayer time. When Jesus returned, he returned in the power of the Spirit. That's how to know that you are done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Exactly. That's how you know you are done. When they prayed for Peter to come out of prison, they were not done with the program. It's not, let's pray for seven days. When he knocked on the door, then they were done. When Elijah prayed for rain, he didn't pray until it was time for his next ministerial appointment. It was that he saw a cloud as a man's hand in the sky. That's when he knew he had prayed. That's what I mean when I say give prayer time. If it takes five years, <laughs> give it time. Ten years, give it time. Give 
its time. You're not trying to impress yourself. You're not trying to impress me. I'm not even impressed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not impressed. Pray until you become the person that the situation responds to. That's how you know you're done praying. That's how you know. When you stand in front of a sick person and you say, be healed and they are healed, hey, you've prayed. When you pray and then the funding arrives in your account, you have prayed. Oh, boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me say something for those that have been believers for a while. There's something that's called a note of victory, meaning you pray and in your spirit you know that I've gotten the answer. Guess what? That's not when to stop praying. <laughs> I believe every single time that Elijah took his head up and asked his servant, go and check if you see anything. I believe he got a note of victory. And so he thought there was a result. And he said, go and check. The guy said nothing. He went back to praying. He went back to praying. He went back to praying. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. In verse 18, he says, The Spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are oppressed. So, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you think that God has sent you to do. Eh? If you've not prayed and you've not fasted, you don't know what God has sent you to do. <laughs> I'm not saying he did not tell you. You have to realize Jesus from age 12 knew what he should do in life. Because the, 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 the situation does not respond to you knowing what you are meant to do. Situation does not respond to you knowing that you are the prophet sent to the nation. The situation, the city is not going to respond because you are the man sent to revive the city. Eh, eh. You must return in the power of the spirits. Oh, God has sent you to that line of business. You think it's just open up because he has sent you there. No. Esther was sent for a time as this to deliver her people. But she went to fast and pray. <laughs> you know, we are just not very spiritually intelligent in our generation. Just think God sent me. I hate him. And that's not all. That's just the beginning. You know you are done. When, I mean, like Esther said, if I perish, I perish. They, I mean, at this point, that, that, that's how to return. It's either I'm able to defeat it or I'm finished. <laughs> when you approach a man that they bind, bind with iron and he will break it, it's either... You torment him or he destroys you. So here's what I'm saying. Whatever God has told you, if it is not money, if you cannot see it and touch it physically, you are not done praying. We are still praying. I hear what I'm saying? Yes, we are still praying. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. He that speaks in tongues, the Bible says he edifies himself. The NLT says he strengthens himself personally. Because the situation responds to you. 
He responds to you. So what I want you to do is this. I know you think you know all you need to pray about. Please just drop it aside there eh? and start praying in tongues. He says when you pray in an unknown tongue, he says your spirit is praying. He says your mind is unfruitful. Your mind is unfruitful. It's a spirit transaction. It's a spirit transaction. So, you only, you pray until there's ability. You pray until he now begins to tell you this is what to pray about. We don't know how to pray one prayer point for like two weeks. Where the Spirit of God will lock you in one spot. And every time you want to pray, this is what he tells you to pray about. We don't know it. And that's the challenge. Because, like I said, prayer has a compounding effect. He's taking you on a journey. Because, listen, he's cooking you for what he wants to reveal to you. Because when he tells you what he wants to do in and through your life, you will run away. So he will have prepared you. He said you strengthen yourself so that you are the man of valor that can do it. And listen, when he tells you, that's when prayer starts. I hear what I'm saying. When he tells you, that's when you now start praying. You don't return with the information of the Spirit. You return with the power of the Spirit. So if you pray for the sick and they are not healed, you are not done praying. If you apply for funding and it doesn't come, you are not done praying. We are too easily discouraged in this generation. And it's just a sign of prayerlessness. It's a sign of prayerlessness. Jude 1.20 It says, But ye dearly beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Have you been blessed this morning? Please rise up and